0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. When Christ comes in glory, the nations will be gathered before him, and he will judge the world in righteousness. Then all nations will bow before him. And yet even now, although it is not yet recognized everywhere and every when, it is already the case that God is the king of all the earth, as the psalmist says that God does reign over the nations. The Almighty rules over all the nations of the world, with no exceptions, and orders them according to his good pleasure. The Lord alone rightly commands our highest allegiance, our final loyalty, our deepest loves. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now, if this is true, and it most certainly is, if this is the first and great commandment, why then does the prayer book appoint a national day, Independence Day, as a holy day, even as a major feast, complete with its own collected lessons? What place does the love of country have for the Christian? What is the good of patriotism? At its most pure, love of country is a natural love for a homeland, a love for a place and for a way of life. It is a thoroughly concrete love, a love for the majesty of these particular purple mountains, these specific fields of amber grain, this windswept plain. To love of America, in this sense, is to love this particular territory we call our earthly home, to love the shared cultures and traditions peculiar to the people of this land. Because America is as large and as diverse as it is, the particular things we love when we love America will vary depending on the places and subcultures that have shaped you and me. For me, my love of America is deeply connected to the rolling hills of Somerset County, Pennsylvania, to land that my family has farmed there for generation, to Amish and Mennonite foodways. And no doubt your love for America in this sense will have a different shape than mine. It will probably have a larger space for football and for the Boomer Sooner song. Yet we sh- still share a common love for our country, and this is meet and right. So, to have this love of country is to be capable of what the Welsh call hireth. Hireth is a word that has no direct English translation. It's a deep longing stirred by memories of home. Hiraeth is, as a medieval Welsh character puts it in a novel I've been reading, the home yearning, an aching desire for the green hills of your native land, a matchless longing for the sound of a kinsman's voice, a hunger only satisfied by the food first eaten at your mother's hearth. If you have experienced Hiraeth, you know what it is to love your country— C.S. Lewis points out that love of country can provide a sort of spiritual training. Just as learning to love my family is the first step beyond my childish egocentrism, so learning to love my country, Lewis says, is the first step beyond family selfishness. In this way, he says, love of country trains the spiritual muscles which grace may later put to higher service. Loving my country, which I have seen, you might say, stretches my desires, that I might be made more capable of loving my heavenly country. Indeed, grace teaches us that we are strangers and pilgrims on the earth, that we still seek a homeland. Grace teaches us to desire a better country that is heavenly, for here we have no lasting city, no continuing city, but we seek one to come. And yet it is nowhere other than in this city, in this country, in this homeland, that grace prepares us for our eternal home. Let me put this in terms of the scriptures appointed for today. In the text of Deuteronomy, the Lord calls the nation of Israel to love the stranger in their midst. And in the text from St. Matthew, Jesus extends this command that his disciples love even their enemies. Both texts set forth the justice of God as the standard for earthly justice. The standard by which all nations will one day be judged. The people of God are to reflect the character of God in their life together. Deuteronomy, the Lord himself is held out to be this standard of justice, the Lord who regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward, but judges righteously, judges with equity, executing justice for the most vulnerable members of society, the fatherless, the widowed, and the stranger. And as if this were not sufficient reason, the people of Israel have a more immediate reason to care for the stranger, for the vulnerable in their midst. They themselves were strangers in the land of Egypt. They know what it is to be a stranger in a strange land. They know what it is to be denied justice. and Therefore, they have a special interest in dealing justly with strangers, with the vulnerable, by providing for their material needs. You might say that as they would have had it done to them in Egypt, so they ought to do to the strangers, the vulnerable, in their own land. As ye would that men should do unto you, Jesus says, do ye also to them likewise. These passages ought to resonate strongly with us, I think, with us Americans. America is, after all, a nation, as it were, of strangers a nation built by immigrants and exiles, even the enslaved. All of us were once strangers in a strange land, or at least a land made strange by strangers. And Moreover, to be an American is to live in a society in which, as the philosopher Roger Scruton puts it, strangers can trust one another, since everyone is bound by a common set of rules a society in which trust can grow between strangers, a society in which you can form a common cause with strangers, and which all of you, in these matters on which your common destiny depends, can with conviction say, we. Can say, we, even with those to whom you are not bound by kinship or by creed. That is to say, we have been given ample opportunity as Americans to exercise these spiritual muscles of love for the stranger, love for the vulnerable, indeed love of the enemy, spiritual muscles which grace may put to higher service as we seek to exercise this standard by which our nation will one day be judged. Our nation was, as Lincoln famously said, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now, of course, it goes without saying that as a human institution, America has only imperfectly embodied this commitment, that it has often failed spectacularly to live by its highest ideals, to say nothing of God's law. But this need not diminish a proper love for our country. On the contrary, as the ancient Greeks knew, as the ancient philosopher Seneca wisely said, no one loves his country because it is great, but because it is his. To love your country only because you think it great is not to love your country at all. Just as it is not love for a father to say to his children, I love you because you are so well behaved. the father may weep for the sins of his children, but he does not love them the less for them. Just so with our love of our country. It may find its expression in many ways, perhaps even in laments, as when Jesus wept over the fate of Jerusalem, the capital city of his own home country, or as when the poet Langston Hughes called on America to renew its pursuit of freedom and equality for all when he wrote, let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed. Let it be that great strong land of love where never kings connive or tyrants scheme that any man be crushed by one above. Oh, let America be America again, the land that never has been yet, and yet must be the land where every man is free. These words written back in 1935 still resonate today, and perhaps they will for the rest of American history. For this high ideal of America, the land where every man is free, is one that gestures beyond the horizon of history, gestures toward that better country, our heavenly homeland, where the best dreams of our nation, of any nation, will find their complete fulfillment. Where perhaps it is not too much to say that in some sense America will be America at last, though it may have perished from the earth, and so for all other nations. The new heaven and the new earth in new Jerusalem into which all the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and their honor. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Until that day, let us love America by committing ourselves to the health and justice of our beloved country. Let us give thanks to our Lord for this place, for these United States of America, for the liberties which we have been given as citizens of this good land. Let us pray for the grace to maintain these liberties in righteousness and peace. And in the enduring words of President Lincoln, with malice toward none, with charity for all, work for the flourishing of America to bind up the nation's wounds, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.